Is it possible to have faith and remain cynical? That's next on 41 Strong. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 41 Strong Podcast. Chuck Tate here in the Whitecast Studios, Peoria, Illinois. 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help people hold on and stand strong. So for more information about 41 Strong, go to ChuckETate.com. You can also visit 41willcome.com. And just in case you didn't know, 41 Strong was inspired by a book called 41 Will Come. There is a free reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app. It's seven-day reading plan. Take advantage of that. More than 10,000 people across the globe have already completed that. So I just want to throw that out there. And for our, our regulars, you already got that down. But if you're new, I want to encourage you to check it out. You can also go to Amazon if you want to grab a copy of this book or you contact me directly. But today is episode 156. Can you believe it? And we're going to talk about a lens of optimism. A lot of times it's easy because of circumstance to get blurred vision. Of course, we're in a new decade, 2020, and I don't know about you, but I want to have clear vision for the year. So I want to go straight to Mark chapter 8, and I want to read something that Jesus said beginning in verse 10. He said, at once Jesus got in a boat with his followers, and he came to the country of Dalmanutha. The proud religious law keepers, they came and began to ask him for something special to see from heaven. And the reality is they didn't really want something special to see. They wanted to trap Jesus. In fact, that's what it says. They wanted to trap Jesus. Verse 12, he breathed deep within and just is like, oh, man, these people, right? He breathed deep within and he said, why do the people of this day look for something special to see? For sure, I tell you, the people of this day will have nothing special to see from heaven. All right, really, he was talking to this, these religious leaders because he knew what they were up to. And the, and, uh, the truth was, they didn't even believe who Jesus was. They missed all the signs. So he says, you're not, you're not getting it, right? Now, let me, let me fast forward to Mark chapter 8, verse 22, just a little bit beyond this story. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged Jesus to touch the man and to heal him. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of the village, which is interesting. These people, they bring this blind man to Jesus, and he doesn't heal him right there. He leads them out of the village. So then he did something that we should never do unless God tells you to do this audibly. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've had God speak to me through an inner voice. I've had him speak to me through his word. I've never heard something audibly. And if you ever hear an audible voice telling you to, to do what Jesus did, then you had better be 100% 100% sure that that audible voice is God and not an imposter, right? Because here's what Jesus did. He's, he's just crazy. This is a fascinating scripture. It says that he spit in a man's eye. 
right? Then, spitting on the man's eye, he laid his hands on him, and he said, okay, can you, can you see anything now? Kind of like a, a, the old Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now, right? Jesus like, okay, he spits in his eye, he lays hands on him, can you see? And the man replied, yes, I see people, but I, I don't see them very clearly. They, they look like trees walking around. So then Jesus places hands on the man's eyes again, and this time his eyes were opened all the way. His sight was completely restored, it says, and he could see everything clearly. And then Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. And um, I mean, that should be a whole other podcast. So Jesus, he leads the man out of the village. They bring him to Jesus. They ask Jesus to heal him. Jesus takes him out of town, heals him, and then says, don't go back to town. All right? I don't know. Maybe there was, was overwhelming unbelief. Maybe everybody was cynical. I don't really know the reason. All right? But I do know that Jesus healed him. And after Jesus spit in his eye and the man didn't see 100% clearly, if the man would have remained silent, he wouldn't have got clear vision. And we're going to talk about clear vision today. We're going to talk about looking at life through the lens of optimism. And I, I just want to ask, man, how many of you guys watching or listening right now, I mean, do you wear contacts? Do you wear glasses? Um, I wear both. I'm wearing glasses right now. And there was a time where I had 20-20 vision and I didn't need glasses. All right. But over the years, my, my eyesight, it dimmed a little bit, but I was in a fog, so to speak, I was a little bit in, in denial to where I thought they weren't making road signs like they used to. All right. I mean, that it, I look back now and I'm like, man, I was an idiot. <laughs> but well, I used to travel for a living. I used to travel all throughout the country in, in Canada uh, with the youth evangelist hosting youth conventions. And so I spent a lot of time on the road, driving a ministry van, driving a truck and and um, I just clearly remember back in, in the 90s thinking, man, the, the signs, for some reason, um, on this interstate, they're just, they're not big enough. I mean, it's kind of, they're kind of blurry. It's hard to see. And um, I didn't think for a second that I might need to visit uh, an optometrist, right? I didn't think for a second I need to go to the eye doctor. Well, my wife and I, we ended up um, leaving that ministry on good terms and, and moving to central Illinois to plant Rock Church, the church that I still lead now. 21 years later, and I remember right after we, we, we moved and we were preparing to plant the church, I went and um, hung out with one of my friends who's a police officer, and he invited me to do a ride-along with them, and I'm like, man, I'm all about that. I'm so curious just to, uh, man, to, to have a, um, a day in the life of a cop, right? So, man, we, we went riding all day, and man, there's times where he put the lights on, the siren, and and man, making cars get over. And um, by the way, if if a if a police officer is behind you with the siren going and the lights on, please pull over. I couldn't believe how many people wouldn't pull over. All right, but um, here's here's what blew my mind that day. He would call in license plate numbers on his radio, and I couldn't believe that he could even read the plates. I thought he had some like Superman vision or something. And um, I, I didn't say anything all day long. I just kept, every time he would call in a license plate, um, you know, he'd call in the letters and the numbers. Um, I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, this, it, his eyesight is better than anyone that I've ever seen. I, I, 
I don't even know how he's, how is he seeing these numbers and letters? This is fascinating, you know, from the distance that he was at. Um, I wouldn't be able to see him unless I was up close. So finally, you know, towards the end of our ride, um, I looked over at him. I said, I said, dude, I just got to say, man, you have like Superman vision. You have like um, the most incredible eyesight of anyone I've ever met. And <laughs> here's what he said. He just looked over at me and he said, dude, you better get your eyes checked out. All right. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe it's not everything else. Maybe it's me. Maybe I have blurred vision. Maybe I need some glasses. So um, I was still a little bit in self-denial, and I made an appointment, went to the eye doctor, and um, did the eye test where they, you know, I didn't get s s spit in my eye, but uh, there's a little machine. You got, you, you got to put your chin up, and then you got to put your, your eyes, and you got to look right into the lens, and they will they'll pop air right into your eye. It's like, you know, and um, I felt like Jesus was spitting in my eye. All right. Well, after we got done with the, the test, he said, yeah, you need glasses. You don't have to drive with them, but you need them. So I thought, well, if I don't have to drive with them, I'm probably not even going to wear them because I don't think I really even need them. So was, I was still a little bit in denial. And then he handed me the glasses and I put them on for the first time. Whoa. And when I, when I put them on, I realized, man, I can't see. I need these glasses. And instantly my, my blurred vision came to focus and I could see clearly. People didn't look like trees anymore, like this man in Scripture, right? It's like all of a sudden, I can see. And I, so what, what I want to talk about in this podcast is how important it is for us to view life through a lens of optimism. If you truly want to see clearly for 2020, then we need to have a faith-filled, optimistic view of our future. Because if we are sitting back and we are taking a glance at the remainder of 2020 and we just think to ourselves, this year's going to suck. It's going to be bad. You know what? It's, you know, it's already off to such a bad start, rough start. I don't really have much hope for it. Guess what? You're not going to have much hope for it. Your, your year is it's going to tank. It's going to go down the tubes. And that is not the life that God wants you to live. We need to view life through a lens of optimism. That is the big idea of our podcast today, 100, episode 156, all right? View life through a lens of optimism. So let's first look at the dictionary. Let's find out what does optimism even mean? Because I know some people are listening right now, you're like, you've already said, you've already thought it, and maybe you've said it out loud. I'm a pessimist, that's just how I'm wired, that's who I am. And I'm here to tell you, that's a life in the pit of hell. You're not wired that way, and if you are wired, God can rewire you because you weren't originally hardwired as a pessimist, all right? God created you to have hope for your future, and if you're attached to him, there's always hope. So I'm not talking about being a Pollyanna and not being real and pretending that your problems don't exist. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about living a life of faith with an optimistic view that no matter what you're encountering right now, things can get better and will get better because you are attached to Jesus. And if you have God, you have hope. All right, so what does the word optimism mean? In the dictionary, hopefulness and confidence about the future. I mean, that could be right out of the Word of God, right? The, the dictionary says that optimism means hopefulness and confidence about the future. 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts I have toward you, declares the Lord. They're not bad thoughts and they're not bad plans, but they are plans filled with hope and future. So to be a follower of Jesus means to have an optimistic look on life filled with hope. That means if I am in a unexpected setback, we talked about those in our last podcast, I can still have hope, believing that God is going to see me through the valley that I'm in. Optimism is one of the most critical lenses for seeing clearly and living the life God wants you to live. Optimism will change the way that you see. If you're not optimistic, your vision's blurred, man. All right. If you have a pessimistic out- outlook on life, your vision is blurred. You are not seeing clearly. You are not seeing life the way God wants you to see it. So you need to put on the lens of optimism. And I'm going to say this. I asked at, right at the beginning of the podcast, is it possible to have faith in God and remain cynical? And the answer is no. You cannot have faith and be cynical. You can't. Now, I'm not saying you can't be a Christian. It takes faith to come to God. Yeah, you give your life to Jesus. You surrender. You confess your sins. You confess Jesus to be your Lord. And the Bible says when we do that, we are saved. So um, you can be so somewhat a person of faith as in, hey, I'm a Christian. But you can't have the kind of faith that God wants you to have as a Christian and remain cynical. Every single one of us, Every believer has been given a measure of faith. Jesus said, when I return, will I find love? No, he didn't say that. He said, when I return, will I find faith? All right? So we need to believe God's word. That's what faith is all about. Jesus marveled when people had great faith. He he always made it to point saying, wow, I haven't seen such great faith. Right? He always commended people for their faith. And guess what? He chastised them for their lack of faith. What did he say to his disciples on more than one occasion? Oh, ye of little what faith. God doesn't want you to have a little faith. He wants you to have great faith. And your faith can be expanded by hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by from the Word of God. So faith comes from hearing the Word of God. You want your faith to expand, then you have got to feed yourself the Word. Your spirit is listening to what you say. So my question today is, what are you saying? What words are coming out of your mouth? Proverbs tells us that the power of life and death is in your tongue. So if you are constantly critical, if you are constantly negative, if everything you say sounds like this, oh, things aren't going to get better for me. I don't think I'm ever going to get a better job. I don't think I'm ever going to find a spouse. Things are never going to go my way. I don't even know why it's worth it. And if you talk like that, your spirit is believing what you're saying. But if you will feed yourself the word of God and get it from your head to your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you speak the word of God, things happen. All right. So put on your lens of optimism. I mean, have you ever heard somebody say, I believe in God, but I don't have any hope? I mean, that's just stupid, all right? I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but it's impossible to believe in God and not have hope. 
All right? If you believe in God who raised Jesus out of the grave and you are a follower of Jesus and His Spirit, the same Spirit that ripped Jesus out of the grave, is inside of you, then quit being cynical and quit making an agreement with the lie that that's the way that you're wired. No. God can change you. You were made in His image. All right? So knock it off! Erwin McManus, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite speakers, he said this about pessimism. Pessimism is more than just believing that bad is going to happen. Pessimism is a posture that actually ensures that the worst scenario happens. Check this out. Did you know that optimistic people have a 35% more chance to live longer? All right, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't deny that a problem is real, all right? I'm not saying that we need to pretend that we don't have any problems. What I'm saying is in the midst of my suffering, I'm going to take a posture that leans into God because he's my hope, and because he's my hope, because I can take refuge in him, he can lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. It might suck right now. I might be hurting right now. I might experiencing I might be experiencing overwhelming suffering and grief and pain, but I'm going to cling to my God and he is going to see my through. He's going to see me through because he is my source of strength when I'm weak, he is strong. Romans 8:18 says, I am sure that our suffering now cannot be compared to the shining greatness that he is going to give us. The suffering that I'm experiencing right now cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in my future. What's that? That's hope. What's that? I'm putting on a lens of optimism in spite of my circumstances, and I'm believing what God says. My faith is in his word. So an optimist sees problems, but they don't see them as permanent you have a problem today, it's not permanent. No matter what, 100 years from now, guess what? You'll be in a place where there's no more suffering. If you have confessed Jesus and you are a follower of him, then someday no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more being stabbed in the back, no more crying your eyes out, no more seasons of depression, no more seasons of discouragement and despondency because you will be in the very presence of Jesus. So no matter what we're going through right now, put on that lens of optimism and believe that God is going to see you through. He is your source of strength. The Holy Spirit can comfort you like nobody else. God's word says in Proverbs 34, 18, that he is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So if your spirit is crushed today, you have two options. You can run away from God, you can blame God, or you can run to him you can put on that lens of optimism and you can believe that he's going to hold you close and he's going to see you through Robbie Dawkins said this suffering will always be part of the battle but so will victory and if anyone experienced suffering it was David when you read through the book of Psalms he's responsible for about a third of the chapters 150 chapters in Psalms. He's responsible for writing a third of them. He vented vertically, all right? I'm not saying you can't vent. I'm not saying you can't um, ask God some questions, all right? David did that, but guess what? When he was on the run from Saul and he was hiding in the cave, he didn't stay in the cave. When he committed adultery and murder, he didn't stay in his sin. When he lost his son, he had a, a, a child die, he did not stay in the fetal position. After losing his boy, he got back up. He didn't stay in the valley. 
valley. He wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. David experienced God taking him through the valley. The man that we read about in Mark chapter 8 just a little while ago, he didn't stay blind. We need clear vision for the future. And the way we get that is to put on that lens of optimism and trust God and trust his word. Man, my time is up. I don't know about you, but I, I was preaching myself today. I needed that. All right. So cling to Jesus, get in his word, fill yourself with his word. Out of the abundance of heart, the mouth will speak. All right. And when you speak his word, that's going to be the opposite of speaking negative, critical words. Don't curse yourself with your mouth. All right. But speak God's word. Put on the lens of optimism and watch what God will do in you and through you. All right. Episode 156 is in the can. For my producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate. We can't wait to see you next week on 41 Strong. PeoriaLife.com.